1: Tommy's here, I'm here. Uh, We're going to get to the news about Marty Herney becoming Washington football team's new general manager. This show today brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie is a place you can trust. I've mentioned this many times before. If you're going to bet the NFL games uh, this weekend, uh, currently Green Bay's minus four uh, and Kansas City's minus three. By the way, if you play the Chiefs at minus three, it's even money. Uh, you don't even have to pay juice at my bookie. Now, if you play the Bills plus three, you're going to play. Uh, you're going to pay minus uh, one twenty. So, on a hundred dollar bet, you'd lose one hundred and twenty. But if you bet the Chiefs and you lose, you lose exactly what you wager. Um, look, this is uh, the, the simple part of my bookie. You can trust it. Uh, you absolutely can trust that the lines are right, the prices are right, and if you win, you'll get paid. And if this is your first. You know, sort of foray into gambling, into sports gambling. You want to know that the site that you're playing with that you can trust, because not all of them are that way. There's many, Tommy, many sketchy uh, places where they'll take your money and it'll take you forever to get paid, if you ever get paid. Go to mybookie.ag. Use my promo code Kevin DC, and they will match your deposit halfway up to a thousand dollars. So if you deposit a thousand dollars. They're going to give you an extra five hundred dollars to play with. Uh, mybookie.ag. My promo code Kevin I'm just checking my bookie right now. I want to see real quickly um, what the Maryland-Michigan line is tonight. Uh, Michigan's minus ten and a half. Uh, Terps go into that one. You know They beat Illinois in their last real game. Then they had a game against Nebraska postponed due to COVID. They played some Division II team, uh, and they get Michigan off their first loss of the year tonight in Ann Arbor. Um, tough chore for the Terps, but uh, I will be watching that tonight. Um, I don't know if I'll be wagering on it, however. All right, uh, Tommy, let's start with the news about Marty Herney. Do you remember Marty Herney? Did you know Marty Herney at all?
2: You know, because he was a reporter at the Washington Times.
1: Yes, he
2: was before my time. Was
1: it the Star before or the I Times? Was it still the Star? Well, or? he
2: worked at the Star and then he worked at the Washington Times. Right. You know, uh, I think uh, he covered the team.
1: But it was for, before. For, it was before your time. He, you guys were yeah, not there at the I, same time.
2: No, I started in January, 1992. He was already working for Bobby Beathard at that point in San Diego, I believe. So, uh, I mean, Bobby Beathard is the guy who hired him and took him along with him.
1: You know, my first job out of college was working, as you know, for Steve Buckhance and Ernie Bauer at Channel 5, at the Fox affiliate here in D.C. Channel 5 as a sports producer. I interned there. They hired me. I mean, Buck had a lot of interns that you've heard of over the years, Scott Van Pelt. Um, Chick Hernandez, uh, Joe Yashiroff. Um, and and others um over the years who 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 were part of 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 the team at channel Five that worked for for Buck and Ernie, but one of my first jobs and responsibilities as a young twenty three year old was to basically cover the skins and I went to Carlisle and I was out at the park the old park you know for t- you know i had I had that job for about two and a half years, and then I decided I wanted to make some money and I got out of the business um for fifteen years um but I remember Marty. You know, I can remember having many conversations with Marty out at the park, you know, about the team and about various things. And he was a very nice guy, like sort of a serious guy is my recollection. But I was really young. Um, and then I remember following his career. I was like, wow. I mean, Bobby Bethard saw enough in Marty Herney that... You know, they, he hired him and then took him with him to San Diego. And then eventually he, he became a general manager in Carolina from 2002 to, to, to 2012 and then came back in 2017 after five years. I had this guy, David Newton, who is the John Kime equivalent for ESPN.com on the show this morning, and he told me something that I didn't know. Maybe some of you know this, and Tommy, maybe you knew this. That in 2012, um, the Carolina Panthers in Ron Rivera's second year, and so this was the second year of Cam Newton. Um, they got off to a one and five start that year, and Jerry Richardson wanted to fire Ron Rivera in the 2012 season. He, you know, they they went six and ten that first year, and there they were with Cam Newton, and they were off to a one and five start, and. Marty Herney, according to this guy, David Newton, said, "No, you've got the right head coach if you want to fire somebody, fire me i'm and and he fell on his own sword, and he this is the story that I was told this morning that he that's why he was fired is that Richardson wanted somebody's head for the one and five start, and it was Marty herney who said trust me on this. We hired the right guy. Ron Rivera is the right guy. If you're going to fire somebody, fire me. And he did. He fired him. Well, did, did you know that you story? Know,
2: I, I didn't know that story, but that tells me everything I need to know about why he stopped <laughs> being a sports writer because a sports writer would never do that. They'd say, sure. <laughs> Who do you want me to fire?
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. There is no doubt. Let's I mean, fired a guy. Can't imagine coming to you and saying, you know, these columns <laughs> they stink. Whose fault it is? It, it certainly wouldn't be your fault. Absolutely not.
2: So I understand why he wasn't in the business that long then.
1: Um, it, you know,
2: I, I think. You know, I know, I didn't know him at all. I've never spoken to him. I've emailed him back and forth.
1: I you know what? I've emailed uh, him too, and he's never responded to me. I emailed him like. He has
2: a rep- he has a reputation of not giving anybody anything in terms of information. Right. Well, I mean he, he's smart enough from the business from the media side into not being a leaker as far as I know.
1: Right. Yeah. I you know the, you know the one thing there, there, I have several thoughts on this, and you do probably as well. The one thing is he was mentored and groomed by the greatest general manager in the history of this franchise, Bobby Beathard. Bobby Beathard saw something in Marty Herney, who was a beat reporter for the Washington Star and then the Washington Times covering his team, and he ended up in hiring him as a PR guy and then uh, taking him to San Diego where he made him the assistant GM from 1990 to 1997, um, and then he ended up in the Carolina organization for years. Um, so there, there is that feather in his cap that Bobby Bethard saw something in him for many, many years um, and hired him. I I am, I've been surprised at the reaction to this. First of all, I, I, it's funny. And I didn't say this on the podcast and I'm not trying to go back and give myself credit for it, but I think there are a couple of people um, that I've communicated with that would back me up when I've gotten recent texts about, you know, Mayhew and various people. I've just said, I think Herney's going to I mean, I had heard a week ago that Herney is still in the mix for some position, but it was was sort of made clear to me that it wasn't necessarily the GM, but that he was going to be involved in this thing. Well, he is. He's about to be named the general manager of the team, and I'm surprised at how many fans, at least that I've heard from, are totally against this. I don't know why they would be. None well, of I you think, know that much about Marty. Oh, well,
2: I know. Well, well yeah, I know that. But what they do know is it smells of recycling.
1: And what's wrong with that? There's re oh recycling. Okay, not. I thought you were going to say more Carolina to, to to DC.
2: No, just a uh, you know another old uh, you know general manager getting a getting the job because he was a general manager before. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, where's the, where's I mean, where's the Where's the Sean McVay of the front office? That's what fans want.
1: Yeah, but he's not a a retread or a recycle because of any reason other than he's got a relationship with Ron Rivera. If Ron Rivera didn't have a relationship with Marty Herney, Herney wasn't going to become the GM more likely than not.
2: Right. Now, Look, I'm not saying I agree with it. I mean, here's the premise that fans should operate under or at least fans seem to operate under in every other instance. If it's okay with Ron, it's okay with them. I mean, that's the MO right now for the most part. I don't know why they're reacting this way because everything else Ron Rivera does is gold and there's nothing he can't do. That's a problem right now. So Ron Rivera wants to hire uh, Marty Herney. You know, I would, they, I would think that they'd welcome with open arms. But I think part of the problem is the perception of of having the next hot shot general manager instead of doing business as usual.
1: All right, so I'm going to agree with you on your your first thing. For me, the thing that the thing that fans should first of all be somewhat pleased with is that Ron's making the hire. This will be the first. GM or GM equivalent hired by somebody other than Dan Snyder or Bruce Allen. Since Marty Schottenheimer hired John Schneider to be the VP of Football Ops when he was here in 2001, Schneider, the longtime GM in Seattle, um, became a longtime uh, uh, GM in Seattle. So the fact that, at least I believe, that this is Ron's decision is a good thing. Secondly, I have no, absolutely no problem with you know nepotism defined family and or friends. Um, uh, I have no problem with Marty Herney being a friend and being a former uh, you know uh, partner, if you will, with Marty Herney, with him hiring Comfort um, and 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 a known versus an unknown. You know because of what you said so far. Rivera's earned a certain level... Of trust here, you know the Carolina to DC train has worked so far. Matsko, phenomenal offensive line coach. I mean, he got yes. he got a hell of a lot of that group. Pete Hayner, the tight ends coach, hell of a lot out of that group. Sam Mills, hell of a lot of the defensive line. Now that 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 area had talent. Zampese was good. Turner, I I think Turner proved to be an NFL offensive coordinator and maybe a yes, good one. He did. You're you know, right. You're Rob, right. Rob Rogers. So far, all of the complaints about the Carolina to Washington, you know, um, parade. I mean, give me a complaint about it based on results so far. That's legitimate. There isn't one. Um, I don't Marty Herney, we can go through his whole track record. Okay. I mean, you can tell me, well, he's had a losing record. Okay. He has, you can tell me that he's only been to the playoffs four or five times as a general manager. That's true. Um, you can tell me about all the the misses and all the hits and everything else. Look, Ron Rivera believes in Marty Herney. R- Ron Rivera is the right now has some pull in the organization. We don't know how long it'll last because I, I tweeted this out and and I I credited you that. You know, any level of optimism, and I have some because Ron's been able to make this higher and because the Carolina to D.C. trains worked out so far, and he's earned some trust with me. And I've gone through Marty Herney's record, and it's not that terrible. He's actually drafted, you know, more often than not, fairly well. Um, But it comes with your Surgeon General's warning. The only chance that this organization will have— at sustained success, not the one-off, is if football people get to make all of the football decisions. So that's never, ever a lock in this organization, as we know. And it probably won't happen. But at least for now, Ron Rivera is making all of the decisions. And this decision is his, not Dan Snyder's, or not Bruce Allen's, or not Vinny Serrato's. Because those now are the people in, that's, this is, in, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead.
2: What's interesting is that uh, what was the situation Marty worked with, with, in Carolina, because he had a very, I'm sure, look, like the story you just described Yeah. about, you know, he wanted to fire the coach. And so Marty fell on his sword. You would think a smart owner would say, well, I'm not going to fire this guy. He, he, he's, I, I, I want a guy like this, this courageous to work for me well he's well, worked with jerry richardson he wouldn't have i know so but my point is you would think that jerry richardson would not have been turned around and fired marty you know based on on, on what he said i mean i would look at a guy who says don't fire him fire me i want to <laughs> keep that guy you know <laughs>
1: yeah it's so, so un- it would be so unusual for you to hear that
2: <laughs> I know. so but 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 jerry richardson was a football guy Okay, he played in the NFL, however briefly. Yeah, You know, I'm sure however warped he may have been, he thought he understood the game. You know, so that was an interesting, unique situation. And I don't know how Marty held off Jerry Richardson, if Jerry Richardson had a lot of input on football decisions and how that will work moving forward in Washington with a guy who – never it doesn't it's not a football guy it's it's more of a bad fan than a good football owner
1: you know marty obviously being from here he grew up in wheaton went to good council i mean he's a local guy he knows having worked in this organization and covered this organization and been in the league he knows what a disastrous organization this has been Like, I'm wondering, and I I failed to mention this earlier in the radio show, but I I wonder if Marty had to – I wonder if Ron had to convince Marty that it's okay, it's not what you think, I'm in charge, he's left me alone. Because if I'm going to take, you know, a job as a general – if I'm a longtime GM in this league, look, he might be jumping at any opportunity, maybe just once in and the money's great or whatever. But – You don't want to take that job that you know you're going to be there on draft night with the owner walking into the room saying, hey, (laughs) that's a cute little board you put together, uh, but that's not (laughs) what we're going to do. Because don't you think he had to get some assurance? I'm sure he and Ron, I mean, Marty knows enough to say to Ron, so what's the deal with this dude? Is he finally, you know, gloves off? Is he going to be the owner? What's the deal? Because... It wouldn't surprise me at some point over the years if somebody even like Joe Gibbs reached out to Marty Herney.
2: It wouldn't surprise me at some point. You know, this sort of reminds me of the Orioles in '90. When the Orioles hired Pat Gillick, Uh, no, the Orioles hired Davey Johnson to be their manager after the '95 season. Mm -hmm. Then he convinced Pat Gillick to come to Baltimore to be the general manager. They went back for years as or, as teammates in the Orioles farm system, and they've been friends, they were friends for years. So Gillick came to Baltimore to work for Angelos, who he wouldn't never have gone to work for, based on Davey's assurances that everything would be okay. So well, the funny part was Davey quit in two years and left Gillick there. Mm-hmm. And Gillick flew down to Florida and said to Davey, What are you doing (laughs) look what you stuck me with yeah you know you're the one who told me it was okay to come here so i'll be curious to see what happens two or three years from now if ron rivera says i'm getting out and leaves (laughs) to to hold hold the bag
1: yeah i i mean i'm just as you as you were as you were describing that story which is a great story Twelve former Carolina coaches, plus Ryan Vermillion, the, the head athletic trainer, have been hired by Rivera, um, and and they hired Rob Rogers, and they hired Eric Stokes, who they uh, interviewed for this job, and they hired Donnie Warren. Let's not forget they brought Don Warren, yes, you yes, know from from Carolina.
2: I don't I don't know Look, why you can't complain about any of the Carolina. Look at the training staff. I mean, I don't know why people stay healthier some years than others, but you can't argue with the results. The training staff this year seem to have done a heck of a job keeping this team healthy. And, I mean, cons- cons- considering the cesspool, that, that w- the perceived cesspool that they inherited yeah. from the last training camp, I mean, you got to give them a really a lot of credit for what they've done. That was a Carolina hire, like you said.
1: I just um I don't know I think I think I'm conditioned after you know 21 years and really to be fair 27 years of you know nearly 3 decades of just being um uh an afterthought in the league of being uh one of the bottom feeders in the league to taking crumbs um, because I'm so hungry. And Ron Rivera was more than crumbs to me. I thought it was a really good hire um, as long as he's allowed to do his job. Um, And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, you know, Ron sort of understands what fits right now with him. And so if you're against the Marty Herney hire, you're sort of against Ron Rivera like you you're, 'd you'd rather you 'd rather upgrade from Rivera and move to another thing altogether you're, i I understand that it 's right that there isn 't super Bowl history here they 've been to two I mean Marty herney was the general manager when they went with Jake delohm with um, John Fox as the head coach in two thousand and three when they lost to the Patriots uh, in you know on a walk off field goal thirty two to twenty nine His team that he drafted essentially was the team that lost the Super Bowl to Denver, um, you know, during the 2015 season, now Gettleman was the GM. If you go back and look at the Gettleman drafts versus the Herney drafts, Herney's drafts were much better. Gettleman's drafts actually weren't that good at all. Now, apparently they didn't have a great cap situation under Herney. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know, man, like I look at it and I'm like, I'm happy that for now they have a good football coach that he's been given the authority to run the football operation and so far his hires have worked out so I'm not going to get Ben out of shape that he's hiring a friend or he's hiring some somebody that makes him comfortable most people do that a lot of people do that um and that for now it's not a much better situation organizationally than it's been in a long time because it is I don't know how long that'll last But I'm not going to nitpick the Marty Herney hire. I am right now, big picture, thrilled that Ron Rivera is in charge, that everything he's done has pretty much worked out in terms of his hires so far. And I'm just going to sit back and watch and hope that he's left alone and the people that he's hired are left alone to run the football operation professionally, which, you know, is a major step up. And then we can go get to Sean Watson, and we can go win the Super Bowl. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it's so much – right now, on January 19th, 2021, do you know how much better a situation this is okay. than two years ago? I know that. I know that. You're I, right. I know what you're going to tell me, and I'm you're not, not no, going to disagree. No, no,
2: no. no you're, I'm not going to tell you that. Okay. No, because and, – and, like, part of the reaction – to the Marty Hurdy hire, negative reaction would be head scratching, because I've never seen a fan base bask in the glow of a seven and nine season like this one has done.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to hit me with the Kyle Smith. You know, yeah. I've never seen a, a fan base so enamored with with somebody who you know hasn't produced a winning season yet. Um, by the way, on Kyle Smith, real quickly before we get to what you just said. I'm not so sure Kyle Smith's gone. I'll just leave it at that. He could be, if he gets an obvious upgrade, um, somewhere else. He's got a VP of, of, of player personnel title. I think that Ron Rivera does appreciate his evaluation talent, but just didn't think of him as a GM yet. And I think there are some other issues between Kyle and and Ron as well. There's got to be. He never mentions his name. there, there, There definitely is. But just for now, and I'm not saying anything. I don't know anything for sure. This is a gut more than anything else. As you start to see the GM positions get filled around the league without Kyle Smith's being, you know. Kyle Smith, from my understanding, has not been sought out by another team to interview for a GM position. And that would be an elevated position from his current title, so he would be allowed to interview for that. So, anyway, um, so yeah, so you've yes, you've seen fan bases more enamored than this one with seven and nine seasons. I
2: can't recall
1: one. (laughs) I mean, I always felt like if they went eight and eight, that was pretty good. Um, the 8-7-1 season ended disappointingly, but it was the second consecutive winning season for the first time in 20 years.
2: I, I think, I don't recall
1: euphoria. There is no,
2: I mean, there is no, the Ron Rivera factor. It's so powerful, I don't understand why the, there would be such a, a pushback on Marty Hurdy. It doesn't compute. I think it's a Kyle men. Smith
1: thing. I think it's, I think it's also, you know, in this day and age, people doing their own analysis of what Marty Herney was in Carolina and they see a guy with, you know, a very average uh, resume, you know, wins, losses, winning seasons, playoff seasons, et cetera. Again, to me, I'm going to trust in Ron and I'm, Absolutely, I do not have a problem at all with the Carolina parade to D.C. Haven't had an issue with that from the beginning. I actually think there's great benefit in that. Look, Marty Schottenheimer did it in 2001. Joe Gibbs put the whole band back together in 2004. I mean, Bugues and Rennie Simmons and, and the, the whole deal. Um, and, and, by the way, hired his son, as is Rivera's done, and Del Rio's son as well. I don't have a problem with that. You know, if it bottom line is, if it doesn't work, we you move on, but right now this is such a better situation organizationally than they've been in in a long time even with a 7 and 9 record. I do wonder though. I do wonder that if they didn't make the playoffs, let's just say Dallas was a 10 and 6 team and Washington went 9 and 7, if there would be this much trust, if the if Rivera would have earned what he's earned in my own mind and I think in the minds of many fans
2: oh I don't think there would be I don't think there would be I mean it's the NFC title that gives it the glow
1: but that's coincidence that's not achievement that's luck well I know
2: that but fans don't care about that they're NFC East champions it goes on the Wikipedia page when they list all the uh, division championships for Washington there's another one now.
1: Yeah, I I think it's it's hard because the the um, it was a big experience I believe and a good experience them playing these games that mattered down the stretch and then playing in a playoff game. You know, and doing it all the while playing four different quarterbacks. Which, by the way, I'm going to give you credit. I haven't given you credit for that. You called it at the beginning of the year that no, there would I be. No, I did
2: not. I did not. I, I'm going to give you set you straight. That was
1: last, my last year prediction. <laughs> no, it was this yes, year's. It was
2: my 2019.
1: No, prediction. I, you you absolutely I, no, said they were going to get no. to a fourth quarterback this year.
2: No, I said in 2019. The quarterback who finishes the season wasn't even on the roster at the start of the season.
1: Uh, you said the same thing about this season.
2: No. Well, it doesn't count because I said it in 2019. That's what I meant.
1: Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm making it count. Good God. Somebody just tweet both of us and tell us who's right on this one. I'm pretty sure he said that about this season. Then again, I don't even know what year it is. Um, <laughs> I I think that um, – if they had just gone 7 and 9 and the defense was massively improved um, the team appeared to be better coached which it was i do think that there would be optimism i look i can only, only i can only speak for myself if if dallas ran away with the division at 10 and 6 and let's just say you split with dallas or whatever and you finished 7 and 9 the big issue, more than anything else, and the big conversation would be that was a good first season for Ron Rivera. They improved by four games. He's got to get a quarterback. Without a quarterback, this thing's just gonna—it's just gonna—you know—you're not going to get to the next step of making the playoffs. And I think you know, playing in, in some meaningful games, winning a couple of them, the game at Pittsburgh, and then having a playoff game against the Buccaneers with with a legitimate chance to win it with Taylor Heineke. It just it it sort of just i think um strengthened the the thoughts that they got the right guy but
2: the nFC East title plays into one of the other parts of this optimism is the nFC East is a disaster I mean it's up for grabs.
1: Yeah, but every there, year, is change, no
2: ten, there is no ten there is no ten and six Dallas team to win. there is no ten and six Philly team. To overcome, the Eagles are more of a train wreck than Washington right Did now.
1: Did you read that story about Carson Wentz in the Philadelphia yes. Inquirer? Oh my God, that's Tommy. I can't believe we haven't talked about this. That's RG three all over again. Yes,
2: he's RG three. It's, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah, look, uh, a couple of years ago, a friend of mine, Joe Santaquillo, uh writes for Philly Voice. He wrote a story that he got reamed for about what a what a locker room problem Carson Wentz is and how the the locker room was divided about him, that it wasn't all sunshines and lollipops with this guy. He got reamed for it, and he was spot on based on the Enquirer story. But uh, I think part of the optimism of Washington ties into the NFC East title because right now they look like pretty good defending champions because there's nobody to challenge them except – you know, maybe the Giants, only because people, you know, smart people think that Daniel Jones can play quarterback in this league. But the Giants still have a long way to go. So right now, Washington uh, looks like a, a good defending of, of that NFC East title, like they could repeat.
1: So, a couple things. Number one, in 2015, when Washington last won the division, we were saying the same exact thing. The division was a total mess. Washington won the division by winning the last four games to finish 9-7. and seven. They would have won the division at 8-8. Eight eight. They didn't need to win the last game of the year. They can, they clinched the division when they beat Philadelphia in the penultimate week that year. Um, and then they played Dallas, remember, in the season finale, and they won the game, but they didn't have to. And The, the division was a train wreck, and the thought was, oh my god, this division stinks, the whole thing. Well, in 20 2016, the Cowboys were 13 and three. The Giants were 11 and five. Washington was 8 7 and and the division nearly produced three playoff teams. The Eagles were in last place at seven and nine. This goes to my you know overall NFL year to year week to week. You know it, it's just it's impossible. Yeah. The NFC East You're could right. be much better, and I'll tell you why. It could be much better because Dak Prescott could be the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, and it could be a total that that team. If they keep Dak Prescott, let me assure all of you, Washington's not going to be like the prohibitive favorite to win the division. Dallas actually might be the favorite to win the division if Prescott comes back. Depending
2: on who's playing quarterback for Washington.
1: True, true, That 100%, which we're going to get to the Deshaun Watson and some of the other um, uh, conversations um, here in a moment. But I... um, I've had many people tell tell me, you know, they're going to win the division next year because they're going to be better. They're going to be at least nine and seven, even if they don't fix the quarterback. The division's terrible. I'm going to tell you right now that I haven't seen it, and I can look for it to see if it's out, but it probably won't be yet. But Dallas, Washington, and even the Giants—all three of those teams will be given lots of of preseason love as far as the division goes. Now you put Matt Stafford on Washington or you put Deshaun Watson on Washington and it's a completely different thing. My point being is that I know there's a lot of optimism about playing in a bad division, but it's really hard to predict. I think Dallas this year with Dak Prescott, even though it started poorly because their defense was such a train wreck, they would have been a different team. They finished 6-10. Would they have won another game or two with Prescott and maybe won the division? I think definitely that's in play. I don't think there's any question that Prescott, yeah. you know, would have would have made a difference for them. They lost – I mean, I'm looking through, you know, they lost a close game to Pittsburgh. We blew them out twice. They did win three of their last four with Dalton when Dalton got on a run. Yeah, I, I think they would have won another game or two with Prescott. And that they they may have been the division champion. And all of their focus then would have gone on the defense. And they hired Dan Quinn. That's a big-time defensive coordinator hire for them. To get rid of Mike Nolan. Um, but anyway, um, uh, the Marty Herney thing, netting it out, go look at his record. I've done it. It's not terrible. It's not great. But you know what? Ron Rivera has a relationship with Marty Herney. He's worked with him. He believes in him. Um, Ron Rivera gets to make the decision, and as far as I'm concerned, he's earned the trust of knowing what fits and what the organization needs right now. He's worked with Rob Rogers before. That's important because Rogers is the cap guy, the numbers guy, the contract guy. All three of them have worked together, and you can sit there and tell me that Carolina's results weren't that great with all three of them. You know what? In the last, since 2013, and I know that, that Herney wasn't there, but a lot of his players that he drafted were, uh, they've been to the playoffs four times. They won 12 games, 15 games, and 11 games, and they were in a Super Bowl. Uh, do, do I need to go back and read Washington's last, you know, seven years? So I think we've seen.
2: something else. Yeah. Sports writers make damn good general managers.
1: I've heard that. I've heard I've heard sports talk.
2: Ernie Ernie Colsey, sports talk radio host, who, who took the Giants to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you're, you're
1: being serious? Uh, oh, was yeah. a sports writer. That's right.
2: Yeah, I'm being serious. I
1: know. I thought you were kidding at first. Uh,
2: Frank Frank Cashin was a Baltimore sports writer. He took the Mets to a World Series. I mean, they should hire more sports writers in the front office
1: anyway those that think this is a retread or a friend or whatever you're certainly entitled to your opinion and by the way you might be right you might be right but I am not I can't find enough to be overly critical and I think I'm more um, in the camp of I just feel like Rivera understands what he needs and as long as the owner stays out of the way this organization's in a much better spot. By the way, the other thing that the um, this guy David Newton um, mentioned to me that you know that he really um, that that last like there there are subtle draft choices that he's made and subtle influences to picks like Christian McCaffrey in 2017. Um, and then uh, this year, Jeremy Chin. He said he traded up for this guy. He said nobody really disputes that Herney's got a decent, you know, uh, a decent evaluating eye, and he's very good at finding good people. Of course, Greg Hardy would be um, an example of of against that. But he drafted Greg Hardy in the fifth or sixth round. But Jeremy Chin, who he traded up for in the 2020 draft last spring, is going to finish either second or third behind Chase Young in the rookie. Of the year voting, it'll be Winfield Junior. Young's going to win it, and then Winfield Junior. And, and Chin will be on that list. They also uh, drafted. He, you know, he was instrumental in drafting last year. Um, Derek Brown, who was one of my favorite players in the draft, started off very slowly but turned into a monster at the end of the year. I think Carolina's is actually on the way to some good years. I think they've got a good uh, coach in, in Matt Rule. Anyway, um, and if, they, if they're if they better next year, it's in part because of the Herney drafts of yeah. the last few years. McCaffrey and Samuel in 2017, DJ Moore, you know, he drafted from Maryland in 2018. Burns, he drafted in, in 2019. Burns looks like a really good player. You know, a lot of people were like Burns or Sweat. He went with Burns at 16. Um, Washington, uh, you know, obviously took Haskins, so he had his choice of Burns or Sweat. Um, Derek Brown this year, along with uh, Gross Matos and uh, Jeremy Chin, all significant contributors um, on Carolina's team uh, this year. Anyway, um, okay. Uh, I want to do the sports talk radio thing on Deshaun Watson, and then I want to get to your column um, from yesterday, right after this word from one of our sponsors.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Did you want to weigh in at all on any of the playoff games from over the weekend? You don't have to. Um, But did you have any uh, thoughts on the four games or the two games that we're going to see this weekend? You can save your predictions for the Thursday show, but did you have anything? Uh,
2: Well, I mean, two things. Uh, that struck me was uh, how the NFL has changed. Uh, five years ago, Deshaun Jackson would not have come out of that game with concussion protocol, and uh, Deshaun Patrick Jackson, Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, I Deshaun. Mean, not Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson,
1: Lamar Jackson, got it,
2: Lamar yeah. Jackson, yeah, and uh, Patrick Mahomes may have gone back in the game five years ago, right, in Kansas City. I mean, so I mean, the, the the concussion protocol really had an impact, particularly obviously with Mahomes, at least visually, for me uh, this weekend. And the whole Ravens game turned on that interception, from ten to ten to seventeen to three.
1: We're at least ten to six, which would have kept yes. him in the game. Yeah. You, yeah, Cooley, and I talked about Lamar Jackson a lot on the show yesterday. If you missed the show yesterday, Cooley and I went through each game. It was actually fun to do because um, there was a lot to the four games this weekend, so go back and listen to it if you didn't, um, especially on the Browns-Chiefs game. Um, a lot of you disagreed with me, um, and that's fine on the Andy Reid decision. I, 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 again, let me just repeat, I thought it was a ballsy decision, and I think with Mahomes, you make that decision. I'm just telling you that from my standpoint, Cleveland's best chance to win the game was Kansas City snapping the ball on that fourth down that if they had punted that there wasn't much of a chance of them winning that game their best chance
2: with that I agree with you
1: the best chance was to somehow have you know Chad Henney f up that you know throw to Tyreek Hill or something to go wrong and for Cleveland to take over with no timeouts with a minute to go at midfield anyway um uh yeah the concussion thing's really it's so funny because you, you as a columnist and, and I think, don't you think sometimes that essentially the, the job you've had on radio and coming up with ideas for topics, by the way, more than one or two a week, you can come up with one or two a day is similar to sort of, I mean, I know it is because you get a lot of, you've gotten a lot of your column ideas from the radio show or the, even, the, even the podcast over the years.
2: What's your question? I don't get
1: it. I was going to say that as you were sitting there describing the concussion thing, I just thought that sounds like a Tommy Column. And yet, for me, all I care about were the games, and I didn't want to see Lamar Jackson come out if he wasn't really concussed. I just wanted to see him. I wanted to see the, the, the Ravens have the best chance of winning. Um Anyway I don't I don't know where I, that's where I was going with it because it just reminded me of sort of I've seen you in action and I've seen you start to jot down notes after a conversation, and I know that you're thinking, ah, that's a good idea for a column.
2: Well, you're right, you're right. and that would be a good idea for a column, but I'm only writing once a week these days. and uh, so I mean, by the time I write my column for next Monday, it won't be about concussions you know a week and a half ago but you're right that that's a natural column I, i'm not the only one i'm sure there's lots of people who've written it
1: are you allowed to put out your own column on a website or it it's got to be exclusive to the times
2: no i'm allowed to i'm a contractor i'm not an employee so why
1: don't you put out more m- more work
2: because i don't work for free
1: <laughs> well i mean put you out pay me put uh, I... I'm not going to pay you to write a column. I don't think anybody else, okay. I, I don't think you could charge a subscriber fee for your column. It well, would be, there you go. Uh, but I love reading your columns now that you're cutting and pasting and sending them to me. So why don't you talk about your column from yesterday?
2: Okay. Well, when last week, when Ron Vera went on one Oh six, seven, a fan and said how he regretted uh, not creating more opportunities for quarterbacks uh, to take snaps. In other words, you know, have some sort of a competition uh, among the quarterbacks. I thought to myself, that's a pretty stunning admission for the head coach to make at the end of the year. I mean, for a veteran head coach to make, this is not a guy who's like in his second and third year of being a head coach in the NFL. Uh, And it's a question that everybody would normally, one of the first questions in training camp of any camp that doesn't have a superstar quarterback is, is there going to be a competition? Ron Rivera said multiple times from the day he was hired that there was going to be a quarterback competition. He said it the day he was hired. He said it the day they traded for Kyle Allen. He said it at the start of training camp. That there'd be a competition. And then all of a sudden there wasn't one. Why? Why wasn't there one? Are you gonna tell me that Dwayne Haskins outworked Alex Smith and Kyle Allen or knew the playbook better?
1: Didn't you see the videos he was sending out all summer on Twitter?
2: Yes, I know, I know, <laughs> I, know I know, I know. Him playing catch with Antonio Brown. Right. I know that was that, that was that was great stuff. So I mean there's no something doesn't add up. You have the coach saying he wished he had a competition, him saying oh, half the year that there, that there was going to be a competition and then there wasn't one. That doesn't compute.
1: Okay. So what is your conclusion, Counselor?
2: Well, my conclusion is that the owner leaned on him and said, you know, I mean, I, you know, it's funny because Haskins, I mean, he made this comment when he named Haskins the, the starting quarterback. Uh. This is what he said when he named Haskins in January. He's lived up to his part of our conversation when he named Haskins to start in September. He's lived up to his part of our conversation in January. Because of that, I'm living up to mine. He deserves the opportunity. He's going to get my support. That's, I, like I said, that's more like testimony. Than
1: <laughs> yeah, I read that line. I mean, that
2: I mean that's basically saying, you know, I, what I think happened, I have no information that happened, but, but it, it adds up is the owner at one point said, give him a chance. You know, if he works hard, let him, you know, he should be the starter. So basically what Dwayne didn't do is he didn't necessarily win the job, but he didn't lose the job. He didn't do anything to lose the job. and in, in Dan Snyder's mind, Dwayne Haskins was the starting quarterback. The day Ron Rivera was hired, the day they traded for uh, Kyle Allen, and the day training camp opened.
1: I don't care what Ron Rivera has said to anybody over the last year. He said it to me when I asked him point blank at some point um, in the spring when I had him on the radio show, uh, was there any sort of commitment that you made to Dan Snyder to give Dwayne Haskins a chance to be the starting quarterback, you know, and he said absolutely not. Dan didn't put any of that on, on on me. You're you'd have to be completely naive or have not lived through the last 21 years to think that part of the conversation when he interviewed and talked to Ron Rivera about this job was, what do you think of Dwayne Haskins? Um, and and then if there was any answer other than yeah, I'm just not really sure, uh, you know, Mr. Snyder. There would have been – I think you're going to love him. I mean, he's such a good young kid. I really, really – the guy that I want to hire, I, wanna, I want him to give – I, want, I just really want Dwayne to get a chance. You're going to love him. You're going to absolutely love the kid. He's got such a great arm. And, look, there's no way that that conversation didn't take place. Now, I, I guess it's possible that Ron Rivera just said, look, he'll get a chance – but I can't promise you anything. Um, that is, uh, you know, it's possible. And Rivera made a mistake. And by the way, it, he's, he admitted it. You, you, you didn't read the quote. He said, I'm saying I made a mistake and I'm owning up to it about not having I, more people in a legitimate converse, uh, competition. But I don't
2: think it was a mistake. So I think that's what he wanted. To, he wanted to have the competition. Yes, I don't think it slipped his mind.
1: Yeah, I I I I really believe pandemic or no pandemic. And it it bothers me but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the flip side of this in a moment. I really felt all along that Rivera was gonna have to give Haskins a chance. And that Rivera would give Haskins a chance because 2020 was gonna be a throwaway season anyway. It wasn't gonna be a season where they, you know, were gonna contend for anything. And it shouldn't have been, you know, at seven and nine, which, you know, was an overachieving season. But they, you know, they were in this division that we talked about um but the flip side to that is like Marty Schottenheimer in 2001 he bailed quickly you know he didn't let this you know go on and linger and go on and on and on look when he benched him at the end of September I said this was a sham this was a total sham and several people who I know said I think he really beat him out I think he really beat out Kyle Allen I go Okay, yeah. four games yeah. into it, he's bailing on a on a schedule like the one they have faced. No, he knew this from the moment he took the job. By the way, I, I I remember this the other day, and I wrote it down, and I have not said this yet to you or Cooley. Gibbs was on radio with me last after the Rivera hire, and I remember asking him about Haskins, and he said, "Well, and this you know this is as." Close to being critical as Joe Gibbs can get. I remember you talked talking to me about this after listening to it. He said he's got to prove that he can lead and be a leader, and if he can't prove that, then they'll have to you know go somewhere else. Like Gibbs was basically saying, immature can't be a leader. As much as Gibbs could, you know. So Gibbs and Rivera both knew. That Haskins was not going to be the long-term future at quarterback, and my 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 biggest criticism of that—I believe that to be true. My big, and I think you believe that to be true. My biggest criticism is Rivera, like Shanahan and others. Now he got to dump him much faster um, than you know Mike got to get out of it, or even Jay got to get out of it. Not as quickly as Marty got to get out of, of Jeff George after you know uh, two starts. Um, this was four starts, but really what would have been best for the organization would have been for Rivera to look Dan or Mr. Snyder in the eyes and say, he's not my guy. I don't believe in him. I've talked to many people about him. We have to change a culture, and part of changing that culture is we can't have people like Dwayne Haskins on the football team, you made a mistake. If it was yours, or your personnel people made a mistake in drafting him, I'm not going to keep him. And in fact, before we give him a chance, which will only prove my point, we're going to trade him and get as much as we can get for him right now, because that would have been the best move for the organization. That, whether, yeah, or not, whether or not, whether or not Kyle but you're Allen, right. yeah, whether or not, right? Ky- when you said, when you said, uh.
2: I think part of why he didn't push back so much was because this was considered a throwaway year. And I think he, if he's as smart as I think he is, he probably knew that Dwayne Haskins wouldn't expose himself. Yeah, but the the decision would be made, you know, the decision
1: would be easy to make then. That's that's yeah. No, you just described exactly what I think he was thinking all along is that. But I don't like that thinking. I I much prefer the thinking of, look, you're the owner, but I haven't signed a contract yet. And I'm just telling you, I'm not wasting time and putting him out on the field may expose him even more to where we won't get anything for him right now. We might be able to deal him for something. Like you got to be bold like that. And you know, he wasn't. That's it's a big that is a criticism I have of Ron Rivera's first year in the organization is that despite him saying, ah, the owner will see it, and we're not going to the playoffs this year anyway, and you know this will be part of the culture purge eventually. We'll move on from him at the end of the year. And Kyle is going to be the starter, and that's why we traded for Kyle. I would have much rather them said, no, let's do right now. We can trade him right now, just like with Trent Williams. We can trade him right now rather than trying to prove some stupid point. It's better for the organization to get a first-round pick or a second and a third or two twos and a four rather than getting essentially nothing. It's much better right now to get something for Dwayne Haskins versus getting nothing, which, by the way, they got no- they're got they going to get nothing for yeah. Dwayne Haskins. So you've got to have the strength and your convictions, and I think he knew it. And I don't. I just think he decided this was going to be one of those battles. He wasn't going to pick. He was going to let the owner see it for his own eyes, rather than tell him you don't know what you're seeing. And you know he could have said, "Look, who was who the guy that made this pick? I know it wasn't you. Um, whoever made this pick made a big mistake." <laughs> but remember, he did say Carolina had a first round grade on him. He yeah. did say that. Yeah, um, he did. He did
2: now. Now I think. You know, I think that that's what happened, and I think if you read between the lines of of this admission that he made a mistake that you know he wished he had a competition, I think what he is telling you is that he wanted to have the competition, but he wasn't able
1: to I would go a step further and say that deep down the mistake he made was not. Telling the owner right from the beginning, we we th- this is not the person, and right now is the last opportunity we're going to have to get something back for him. You used a first rounder on him. Let's get a third or a fourth back for him right now. I can, there. I got three teams that I think think that they can th- they can make this work. I think that I, I think that's almost the admission, even though let he wouldn't, wouldn't say that
2: his comments to reporters at the end of the year press conference to that, this is what, he, what people asked him about uh, meeting with Dan Snyder. He said, basically, he said, I will visit with the owner at some point, whether it's tonight or tomorrow, and basically talk to him about my, my intent going forward. From that point on, we'll start the evaluation process of our football team. Obviously the quarterback situation will be one of the topics of conversation. My intent, he said. I will tell the owner what I want to do. That wasn't that wasn't a slip of the tongue. That was on purpose. He told everybody, "I'm going in to tell the owner my intent."
1: Right. Well, you know, by the way, the other thing with this is how many times did he refer to looking at the first four or five games on the schedule? You know, Philly, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore, LA. And the truth is, even if he had made the decision with Kyle Allen, they may not have won those games with Kyle Allen either. You know, so
2: they may not have.
1: So and they won one of them, actually. They won the opener. As it turns out, Philadelphia yeah. sucked. But the um I think he knew. I mean, the bottom line is whether or not, you know, he succumbed To, you know, some level of quid pro quo on I'm going to give him a shot and, you know, I'll I'll, I'll do the I'll do you a solid and I will give him a chance. But, you know, and he may have said, but if if he's not the right guy, we're not going to we're not going to this isn't going to last long. I just think he knew from the beginning that it wasn't the right guy. I think Gibbs knew when he told me he needs to prove that he can be a leader, that he wasn't the right guy Um, and that. Um, they should have moved on him when they could have gotten something for him. That's what good organizations do. It's just like the Kirk Cousins thing, not to go back to that, but good organizations are able to see a little bit into the future and act before it gets super expensive to act. And um, it's super expensive not to have gotten anything back for him.
2: But since the outcome was okay, it's no big deal, you think, right?
1: The outcome being seven and nine in a postseason, and they got and they and got to they, cut him. And,
2: and they got they got you know the the coach seems in the position to pick the quarterback now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think that's true, but again, um, I again they could have gotten something for him, and they listen.
2: Could... I'm not saying this is a good idea. I'm yeah. not saying the reaction I got from fans from this column was. Yeah. We don't care. Everything's good now.
1: Yeah, uh, that's fine. But that's short-sighted because if everything were really, really good, look, the the owner went in and basically said, we're not following the draft board that you've worked over a year to put together. Sorry. This is who we're drafting. And so this was the owner, really, the last chance after he turned Ron Rivera into the, culture-changing, coach-centric, you know, central figure in the organization, this was the last chance to have an imprint on a positive future. You know, if, is to have Dwayne Haskins be the quarterback. And he could say when they, you know, in his own whacked-out mind, if they had success, see, I was right about that. Because there's nothing else other than hiring Ron Rivera that he can take credit for. And that may be Something that really works out in his behalf, but he wanted to be right about Haskins. He absolutely wanted to be right about Haskins because you know what, Tommy? He hadn't done that in a while, and people were pissed off that day. You had people that were like, You've got to be kidding me. Um, anyway, uh, I want to just, but it's
2: all good. Seven and nine, baby.
1: (laughs) Well, again, I mean. It's more than seven and nine. It's an arrow pointed upward, but there is a big void. And that void right now is, do they have the kind of quarterback that you can have sustained success with? I do want to talk a little bit more about Deshaun Watson, maybe even a little bit more about Matt Stafford. And we'll do that right after this word from one of our sponsors.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever.
1: So, the Deshaun Watson story over the weekend with four divisional playoff games being played really became, you know, a massive NFL story beyond just the games. I mean, you had the normal, you know, coaching hires and GM stuff, and then you have this Deshaun Watson thing that has really blown up in Houston. By the way, I don't know if you saw this, Tommy, but Deshaun Watson tweeted yesterday um, People in Houston were going to hold some sort of march on his behalf.
2: or or some march of support.
1: Yeah, a march of support for Deshaun Watson. And he tweeted out, I'm hearing there is a march plan on my behalf in Houston today. Although I'm humbled, I ask that whoever is organizing the march cancel for the sake of public safety. COVID is spreading at a high rate, and I don't want any fans to unnecessarily expose themselves to infection. That's that's a great tweet. And also, by the way, speaks a little bit to his humility. Like, I mean, I bet even without a COVID thing, he might be a little bit embarrassed about that. That's the way he strikes me anyway. Um, This is such a crazy situation. It's really unprecedented that a quarterback at 25 years old who is truly, you know, you could describe as elite – as an elite quarterback is a could be available. I don't think personally he will. I'm going to stick with that position and I may be I may be wrong about this. Maybe it's going to get to a, a situation that it's that it's so untenable that Houston says, "You know what? We can trade him to Jacksonville and get Trevor Lawrence. Or we can trade him to Miami and get Tua and we can salvage this somehow." But you can't Find a time in which a t- a debatable top five elite quarterback at twenty five years old, who was just signed to a one hundred and fifty six million dollar deal less than a year ago with hundred and ten million dollars guaranteed, was on the trade block. You just it doesn't happen. You're not able to just go out and trade for an elite quarterback.
2: You have to. This will make. This will make Washington fans feel good because this is what they like to do to feel good. Uh, here's another team that's an absolute disaster. They, that's an absolute train wreck right they now.
1: They really are. The,
2: the Texans are, are, are a poisonous organization. That's the perception. Yeah. The perception is they're toxic uh, and, it, and, and, and destructive. And that, that's, one of the, that's one of the main reasons why Deshaun Watson wants out. And it's just remarkable uh, what's happened there. And you know what? Part of what triggered it, I I, know. Speaking of Marty Herney, former PR guy, they fired their beloved PR director. I've never met her. It was a woman. Oh my God! She is
1: right, 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 right. Well, oh, I've never seen a reaction. I've never seen it. Yeah. Who was that? Outcry
2: from players. Yeah. About that was unbelievable. And I think that part has triggered all this.
1: You I think that's re- perception. You really a think bad that's what it is? Her name is Amy well, Palchich or something like that. Oh my I God. This, this happened in November. And I, you're right. I've never seen such an out I didn't know who she was. I've I've never dealt with her. No. Um I, no. I've never seen an outpouring by NFL media people more for I mean, certainly wasn't that when Tony Wiley left. No. You know? Um, no, JJ Watt went on Twitter. Yeah, and ripped it. Yeah. I mean, my God, most most
2: guys, JJ Watt, stature, <laughs> barely know the PR guy's names.
1: <laughs> so, um, so let me just—I'll I'll start with this. I don't think it'll happen. I think the—you know—they can't trade him until the league calendar uh, league uh, year begins in March. I think over the next month and a half to two months or whatever it is, they'll figure this thing out. If I'm Houston, I got to figure it out. I'm sorry. You just, you have one. You're one of the teams that has one of the guys that everybody tries to find, whether it's through the draft or whatever. And, And really it's through the draft because all of the guys that are the elite guys were all drafted by the teams that they're playing for all right uh Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen and um obviously uh, Lamar Jackson and uh who am I forgetting from this weekend Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady Um, you know, Drew Brees was like, you know, traded for, but he wasn't an elite quarterback at the time. Although Nick Saban knew he was going to be, um, imagine that imagine if Nick Saban had gotten his way and been able to, you know, okay, the trade, despite the medical on Drew Brees and Drew Brees had become a, the quarterback in Miami and Nick Saban stayed in Miami and never went to Alabama. Anyway, um, you you don't find these guys. This guy is, I don't care where you have him ranked, whether it's three or six, it's no lower than seven. He is one of the true elite franchise guys at 25 years old he's the guy, and I know they went 4-12 and this year. Don't hit me with that. They're a terrible organization. Bill O'Brien got fired. They got all kinds of shit going on in the organization. He is one of those guys that, despite the team around him, is going to keep you with a chance over the next 10 years. You don't Look, trade Ernie, those people. To- Ernie, of course, he told me
2: once, you want the kind of quarterback that when they get on the team bus – all the players look at this guy and say, "He gives us a chance to win. He does every week, and he does every single. And absolutely, he does. I mean that that's that's who you want. You want a team who believes in their quarterback like that. Um, and you, you, it seems like the coaching hire for Houston is going to dictate the that organization's uh, future." uh not just be just beyond typical coaching i mean it it seems like uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure for them to hire eric bianemy what's his name bianemy
1: Bianami, yeah um, bianemy you know w- watson um Watson's one of the guys. That's, that's another debate. If you don't agree with that, you can make the case. But to me, Deshaun Watson is one of those guys. If you have him, you're going to have a chance at a long run of sustained success. You know. So if you believe that, then you're willing to trade almost anything for him. You got it. I'll get to that in a moment. Um, but I want to emphasize, I think Houston will figure this out, number one. Um, number two, if they can't... Then i wouldn 't trade him i 'm sorry, I just gave you the the biggest contract, and it 's not even a year old and you 're going to play for me and I apologize for giving you and setting an expectation level that you were going to have a much bigger voice in the hiring of a general manager and a head coach that 's a mistake you know it 's not a mistake in my view, and I forget if you and I talked about this already. I would make sure that Deshaun Watson was kept up to date, maybe even sat down and met with three or four of the people we were considering as head coaches, because he is the most important person on the roster. He is going to be the face and the leader of this organization from a football standpoint on the field among the players. And I do want to make sure it's a good fit between my quarterback, my elite quarterback and the head coach. But I'm not going to set the expectation that he's going to have like a significant voice, and if he and he's going to have a, a thumbs up or thumbs down capability. And so they made a mistake there. Even though I would have included him, like I would have come to him and said, "Hey, um, we're talking to some people, and I want you to sit down and and I want you, I want you, just tell me what you think about Eric Bieniemy. Tell me what you think about uh, Josh McDaniels. T- tell me what you think about uh, Todd Bowles. Anybody that they've brought in." Um, And, you know, without setting the expectation, that would have been maybe received differently. Or maybe he already was soured on, you know, Bill O'Brien trading away DeAndre Hopkins and some of the terrible trades that the organization's made here in the last couple of years. But if I were, I wouldn't trade him. I would say, sorry. After trying to make it work out and trying to make it less confrontational and trying to, you know, give him some of the some of what he's looking for and compromise to a certain degree. But I would make it very clear to him. I'm not trading you. I just I can't trade you. I can't guarantee that I'll ever be able to replace you. And to me, the ch- if I trade you, I could be making a much bigger mistake than any of the mistakes that have been made over the, over the last two years because of how good you are and how important the position is. So if you want to hold out, you can hold out. But I'm not trading you. I would be very firm on that if I were Houston. Um, if they do go in a different direction and trade him. Here's what I came up with in terms of what Washington would have to give up. Let me be really clear on this too. Watson's got a no trade clause, which means he can basically nix any deal, which means he can pick the deal that you know Houston comes up with that he wants, which almost I mean whatever. Um, so somebody called in and said, hasn't don't his actions tell you a little bit about him? Eh, not really. I've seen him on the field. I've seen the way players react to him. I, I you know, I, I don't know. I thought I thought Carson Wentz was a leader too. We're dead wrong about him. But let's just assume he is the the whole package. You're going to have to give up three number ones, at least one two, and a star player. So this is what I proposed today to the callers, and then I and then I answered it, but I'll propose it to you. Would you do? your 2021 first rounder which is 19 overall 2022 first rounder 2023 first rounder three firsts your second rounder this year and montez sweat for deshaun watson i'm not even sure it's enough i can tell you this miami could offer more attractive packages but miami's in the afc jacksonville could offer more attractive packages uh, or package but they're in the AFC, they're in their division Um, The Jets could probably offer a better package, but they're in the AFC. Um, Would you do that? If uh, you're not, I would do that.
2: I would do as much as I wouldn't want to get rid of Montez Sweat. uh, You know, having a great defense uh, is only going to get you so far compared to having a great quarterback.
1: I I not only would do it, I would do it yesterday. Twice <laughs> like it's not a, here. Here's the way I, I, I look at it. Like I, I, it was funny because a lot of people that called in said they wouldn't do it. They said, well, I would th- throw in John Allen. Well, I didn't put John Allen in there because I think everybody would do it. And by the way, I like John Allen a lot as a player. But, you know, part of it is the fact that you're going to have to pay him here shortly, and Montez Sweat's probably more of an impact player. I mean, you've got to include McLaurin, Sweat, or Chase Young into the conversation to make you hurt a little bit by doing it, or at least it wouldn't hurt me at all. Now, I don't want – there's one player on the roster that I really wouldn't want to see traded. If you told me I'd get an elite quarterback back, I think I'd probably do it, but I really would say Chase Young is – Off the list. Um, We're not trading him because I do think that Chase Young has the potential to be a top two or three player at his position and be a great, you know, havoc wreaking game influencing defensive player um, in the same way that Khalil Mack and Fletcher Cox and Aaron Donald and Von Miller and others have been in recent years. But that position doesn't impact a game more than the quarterback position. So if I can get a top seven or six quarterback over a top two defensive player, I would take the quarterback. But on the trade that I proposed, I would do it so quickly. Wouldn't even think about it. And here's the thing, Tommy, and this is the best way to describe it. Washington next year, if they come back with Kyle Allen – Taylor Heineke and a young draft choice. Um, or even if Alex Smith is in, in, in that mix, uh, they will be predicted potentially to win the division, but they'll be way down the list in terms of like true NFC contenders. Yeah. Um, they may not even be picked to win the division. If Dak Prescott comes back to Dallas, um, If Deshaun Watson were on the team minus three firsts next year's uh, first and second included and Montez Sweat, they would be one of the three teams in the NFC predicted to go to the Super Bowl let me just make sure everybody understands how Vegas and handicappers would view it if Deshaun Watson was the starting quarterback for Washington next year and they didn't add two players in the first or second round because of it and they lost Montez Sweat they along with Green Bay uh Tampa if you know with Brady um and probably Seattle still would be right there uh with those teams maybe right below the packers if they get there and win the super bowl or the bucks if they get there and win the super bowl got to put
2: the, f- the 49ers in
1: that mix The 49ers too. will be back in the mix too but th- but they've got to yeah. they've got to shore up their quarterback position too Yes they do Um but Washington would be a legitimate you know th- th- top 3 to 4 favorite to win the NFC and be in the super bowl representing the NFC If he's not the quarterback, and what they have on the roster is the quarterback, they may not be picked to win the division. So that's you. You can sit here and say, "I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it." We can build out a team. I'm not giving up the picks. I'm not giving up Montez Sweat. Okay, you can without you know, or or maybe your answer is I'll give Detroit a first and a fourth for Matt Stafford. And by the way, that's going to increase their chances too in the NFC. People will perceive that to be good. And, and that's a good alternative. But if your alternative is just to hold on to everything and go with what you got, your chances aren't nearly as good as having that position taken care of, unless you really believe in Taylor Heineke or Kyle Allen is the answer. Um, and, I,
2: and I might want to point out there was not, ex- except for when people got hurt in this, this weekend, there was not a Taylor Heineke playing this weekend in the NFL playoffs, not one.
1: Right. But I pointed this out to Cooley yesterday um, because you, you can just continue. To, like, of course, it's Rogers, Brady, and Josh Allen Mahomes. It's the top three MVP vote getters and the greatest of all time. But – Last year in this weekend, Ryan Tannehill and Jimmy Garoppolo were starting quarterbacks. And the year before in this upcoming weekend, Jared Goff was a starting quarterback. Yeah, and in twenty seventeen, my
2: point is Jared Goff was a number one pick.
1: Uh, yeah, but he's not a good, but he's not an elite quarterback.
2: Well, that doesn't matter. I mean, you no know, guys off
1: the street. Okay, well, um, not
2: playing in the NFL
1: playoffs. Okay, well, t- in twenty seventeen. Nick Foles, Case Keenum, and Blake Bortles were starting quarterbacks going into this weekend. So, uh, look, I think you can, like Jacksonville did, like Minnesota that year did, like Philadelphia did that year, you can hit the inside straight. What you're not going to have without a quarterback, without a legit franchise quarterback, is you're not going to have a chance at a long run of you know going into every year knowing that more likely than not, we're going to win nine-plus games and be in the playoffs because that's what Brady's provided. That's what Rodgers has provided. That's what Josh Allen, I really believe, is going to provide. That's what Patrick Mahomes is going to provide. Look, the, the guy that we were just talking about, all right, Deshaun Watson, if you go back, uh, I've, this is by memory now, so i gotta, I got to do this. They started off really strong his rookie year. Uh, he had a great start to the season, and then he got hurt, and he was out the rest of the year. Okay, and they did not go to the playoffs. But they went to the playoffs in 2018. They went to the playoffs in 2019. Remember last year, they, they, they came back and beat Buffalo in the playoff game, and they were up 24 nothing at Arrowhead against the Chiefs. And then this year was a fall-apart season because, you know, they traded, you know, their second-best player, and the coach was – the whole thing. The funny thing is they were in so many of those games that they lost this year against good teams. You know, they had a yeah. chance to beat Pittsburgh early when Pittsburgh was playing well. They blew a lead and lost in overtime to the Titans. Um, I'm just thinking out loud. They had a chance to beat Cleveland. Um they they, they they he was the one that kept them competitive all year long but anyway i would do it i wouldn't even think twice about it but i don't think it's even remotely a possibility like even if houston does get to the point where they're like okay we'll do this there are more attractive trade partners than washington
2: yeah i agree but i would do it too i'm with you on that
1: okay um,
2: Before we go, so let's just – I want to weigh in on, on John Lester. I quick. want you
1: to right after this word from one of our sponsors. <music> All right, you wanted to weigh in on the Nats signing John Lester to a one-year deal.
2: Uh, you know, Mike Rizzo, you got to give him credit. Uh, he He still keeps this team competitive. The pieces that he added this year – Josh Bell, yeah, for- Kyle Schwarber, and now John Lester. I mean, you have to, I mean, because the National League East, the, the Mets are going to be competitive. The Braves are going to be competitive. The Marlins, the Phillies, you got to keep up. And he keeps them up. For a number four starter, John Lester seems like a great pick. I mean, a great pickup. Uh, you don't know. He's 37 years old. Uh you don't know really how much he has left in the tank. Last year, he was up and down. He had some great starts, and then he had some poor starts. Uh, but last year was a bizarre year for everybody, too. He's another left-hander. You know, he's a fourth starter in, in your rotation. I think they absolutely needed to have a quality fourth starter brought in uh, for them. So I think I, I like it. It And only, he's only going to get $2 million this year. I think a lot of that money's deferred. So, uh, you know, my only suspicion would be the Cubs didn't want him back. And they could have got him back cheap. On the other hand, there's a different decision maker in Chicago right now. Working for the Nationals is Davey Martinez knows him from Chicago. Right. And more importantly, the pitching coach, Jim Hickey. Right. The new nat's pitching coach knew him from knows him from Chicago. I like the pickup for a fourth starter i mean it's worth it. it's definitely worth a shot absolutely
1: all right um i the the thing that I love about rizzo he has been consistent more uh, in his time at g m it's always about starting pitching and he'll go yes. out and get it at, at at any cost and not that Lester was expensive but it's always about starting pitching um I wanted to mention two other quick things before we go. Um, number one, uh, if you're a Maryland basketball fan, read Emily G.M. Balvo's um, column about recruiting and Turgeon and this guy, Hunter Dickinson, who plays for Michigan, who Maryland plays tonight. Um, they did recruit him. Uh, it, this would be a great big-time revenge game. It's a This is a tall task for Maryland at Michigan. Michigan's just loaded, um, but it would be such a, a, a great uh, payback win because this guy really was a dick when he came to College Park and was taunting Maryland's bench during the game and making comments that were complete and utter fabrications about Maryland not recruiting him. I know Dustin Clark really well. He was the assistant for Mark for a while. Maryland offered this kid when he was... A sophomore, um, the the but Emily wrote a really good column um, on that. If you're a fan of, of Maryland basketball and just you know. How loaded this area is. And Turgeon has recruited Baltimore and Washington better than other, you know, perceived teams from outside the market have. But obviously, there have been a couple of big ones, and Luca Garza and Hunter Dickinson here in the last couple of years have gotten away. And Maryland's uh, weakness this year is they don't have a big man. Lastly, I was going to get to this RG3 thing, Tommy. He got released by Baltimore tomorrow. Let's save it for Thursday. We can get to it then. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Have a great day back.
0: who get it done.